Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, as always, Kieran, the Kingmaker Doyle, and Harrison, Halfpipe Crow. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> what are you not dropping good. down some hot takes? Yeah. yeah not you ready not good. In? Not good. What's going on? Toronto FC lose every game. I have turf pellets in my computer. <laughs> it's a bad day. So it's hot. It's hot outside. If if Kieran sounds a little different, it's because um, he's using a different setup, and that's because he has turf pellets in his uh, computer. God, I hope I don't get turf pellets. I can't afford it's, to get turf pellets. It's like a euphemism for a virus, but it's actually what happened. You just literally <laughs> have turf pellets in your. It I don't know how like- you. It sounds yeah. like the computer equivalent to bed bugs. It sounds a little bit like that. And also, it sounds like I don't think you can Google how to fix that because I don't think that's probably a, a common issue. No, I, but, I definitely just have to dig them out of the port. Yeah. Do you need some like little uh, some tweezers, need, like, maybe? Yeah, like tiny tweezers. Tiny tweezers. It'd be great if like you had to order them off Amazon, but you couldn't because you couldn't access the internet because there were turf pellets in your computer. <laughs> It's a cyclical issue. Cyclical issue. Uh, we're back. Sorry, we took a little uh, summer break. We didn't intend to, but things got a little wild for all of us. And, uh, you know, nothing big happened, I don't think, in the last few weeks of Major League Soccer. So it's fine. Um, but we're back, and we've got uh, three three deep dives to do for you today. Um, first of all, uh, we have Messi went shopping. Uh, second of all, we have Messi ran a red light and our third deep dive is Messi had a chicken sandwich named after him. So, uh, Messi went shopping guys thoughts. Let's get into it. I I'm a big fan of all his, uh, cereal choices and it makes me feel validated. Yeah. Are you a lucky charmist man? I am indeed. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, he went shopping. I don't know if you saw that. Like there was there was pictures and uh, there was discourse about it, and uh, a lot of people are kind of tracking this messy thing in a very amusing way, which is just like through a marketing lens, and it is exhausting to read. Where people are like, "Think about the silk brand value." It's like Darren Revel, but like just now in our soccer universe, like like he's we have like that kind of character now. That's just like looking at everything through that very cynical lens, and it's so. Um, it's very weird to me. It's very surreal still. There was, um, <clears throat> I don't know if either of you follow Zach Goldman, who like. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. He has been like notoriously cynical about all this, where he's like, everybody's talking about the ROI of all this stuff. And it's like, okay, what's the ROI? And it's like, everybody's just nebulously waving their hands as I frantically wave my hands around. Yeah. Um, he ran a red light. Are there any, any thoughts on that? Do you guys want to get into the red light situation? I thought the red light was very, very amusing because the video was kind of confusing. Like, yeah. There's a cop right there. I don't understand why he didn't get pulled over. I the agreed. escorting him. Oh, so it's like an intentional running. I thought he was I just know. like, I'm messy. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I know. And the cops agreed. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, I guess you can. Uh, I thought he'd have a nicer car. I don't know what kind of car that is, but it's it's not very flashy. Maybe oh, it's very soccer soccer parent car. It is it very is. soccer parent. It is, yeah. Yeah, that was my take on that. And then uh, what else is our last deep dive? Oh, the chicken sandwich. This I is new. I have not heard. I, yeah, I didn't see this. Uh, at the Hard Rock Cafe, he has the messy burger and the messy chicken sandwich. Uh, should I pull it up and read to you what it is? Yeah, I would like to hear the ingredients. What is it? Is there uh. like... Is it at least okay. like an Argentine gaucho like steak sandwich? Or no, like... you'd think so. You would think so. Um, I don't believe it is. It looks really basic to me. So uh, the messy burger, uh, the messy chicken sandwich features a crispy Milanese style chicken breast topped with melted provolone cheese and herbed aioli. The touches of fresh tomatoes and arugula combined with a toasted artisan bun complete this new menu item. So is it Milanese? Is that how you say it? Milanese? Milanese? I, think, I know what they're trying I, to say. I, just, I think I it's that, that fun, like, it's like the cutlet, right? Yeah. I don't know how to, I've only ever read that word. I don't think I've ever heard it said. All right, all right Messi's burger. But how do you, how do you arrive at that sandwich and then think, oh yeah, that's messy? No, it's a deep cut. 
everybody knows that Messi has Italian blood. That's how he got his passport to go to Barcelona. It's mm-hmm. an homage to the global immigration system. Yep. Holy cheese, herb de Oli, <laughs> Milan chicken, <laughs> tomatoes, and arugula. It's very Italian. And then the burger is uh, two double stack beef patties, provolone cheese, sliced chorizo, caramelized red onion, and Hard Rock Cafe signature spicy smoky sauce. And they both come with a side of fries. And there's an image here of Messi wearing a chef's coat for the Hard Rock Cafe. And that is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So, But he does look like he could be on Top Chef with like the tattoos and all that stuff. And he kind of has more of a chef build than he does an athlete build. So that's kind of... Maybe that works. Maybe that's good. So I, I would just say uh, you put chorizo on stuff and I will probably 90% of the time, 99% of the time eat it. Like I, yeah. I will probably open it up and that's probably the one that I would order. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he looks like he's so weirdly photoshopped into all these like promo images of it. Like, um, I just I don't I don't see Messi as like the chef type, but maybe I've been reading on here. I put it I put it in our group chat. You can take a look here at Messi uh, in his I'd like some takes on the Messi as a chef idea here. Kind of works. You're right. He, he did. He did, He does look more like a chef than uh, a <laughs> like that, that is, is... I, I'm like weirdly. It it doesn't look out of. I wonder. There's no way he actually did that, right? Like it's surely him photoshopped. It looks. It looks. Else. It looks photoshopped. Uh, he does look like he's really hoping that Tom Colicchio does not just come down on him for how he's presenting his food. Like that's what it looks like. It does look a little bit like that, but see, look at this one. Like that looks like an actual, like promo for uh, the bear or whatever. Like he does not look different. No, different <laughs> yes, yes, I mean does. he could he could absolutely be like uh, a guest star on the uh, on the bear on that with that type of like arms folded tattoo showing on one arm. Like, yeah, that he looks facial expression. Like I'm here to yeah, cook food. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. looks like somebody like yeah, like he absolutely like i would say yes chef to him without even thinking about it you before would say I... <laughs> yes chef to this guy oh, okay man. here's my here's my question when yeah. do you think the last time messi cooked a whole meal was? well he went grocery shopping so i don't know because like no I was he didn't there was nothing look there's nothing in that there was nothing in that so, for for chef so, for making food i thought i was like oh okay he's picking up like cereal for his kids or whatever but then somebody pointed out that Publix is an Inter Miami sponsor, mm-hmm. and it probably was just like a brand activation, yeah, uh, or like a candid brand activation. But I'm going to put that aside. I'm very curious how often Lionel Messi cooks for his family. I'm going to say never. I'm just going to say not one time. Surely he, he has ever done it. Surely, yeah, surely. But I would have thought he had someone to go grocery shopping for him. But I guess if it's a brand activation, you do what you do. Um, I don't know. Was that, but that was like late in the evening. I don't feel like that was a. I feel like that was a. We just got here. We got off the plane. Tim needs his food. Johnny needs something for in the morning, and like his wife just sent him to the store and was like, "Please pick up something for the love of God." And he's like, "I love you. I'm going to do this for us." And like that was it was a prototypical dad move. He looks like a dad in that, in in all those. I don't care what anybody says about brand activism act, activating and all that other marketing crap. I think that he there was, was making a dad move. I there think it was, was a dad move. There was a dadness to him to be sure. And the, in a lot of ways it's the most I've ever respected the man. The best like, the best wow, part is like when us. he starts he starts getting recognized and he asks his wife for the keys to go wait in the car. <laughs> that's, that's the best part. He's just like, okay, this is gone. I saw some people say that maybe this was like a test ride to see like, can I go out in public? And was like, well, maybe not. Um, yeah, even not here. Even, yeah, I mean, if not. you wanted to, buddy, you could have played in Montreal, buddy. I mean, they probably, I don't know. Or like, uh, I feel like there are places in Major League Soccer where he could. Kansas cities. City. Yeah, Kansas City would probably have been like one of your best bets for just. Mm, you think? I mean, there's nowhere he could not. Columbus, there's... Columbus, Columbus. <laughs> uh, Columbus. I would give you that. I would give you Columbus. Kansas City is way too big of a soccer town. I think that they would jump on that. I mean, there's nowhere he's gonna not get recognized at some place he goes. But like swarmed, yeah, maybe Columbus is your best bet there. 
That's a tough one. I bet Columbus Crew fans are like, no, come on. You know, we saved the crew. Um, but yeah, what you need actually just though is like from a sure numbers perspective, though, you need like a big city with a small soccer interest. So maybe like Chicago. Well, no, they're interested. Oh, in, they're interested in soccer, but they're not interested in MLS soccer. I'll, I'll say I'll say New York because like if Pep, if Pep can yeah. be anonymous enough to like walk into the middle of a match and start ref coaching without people knowing who he is, like yeah, Messi can go for a walk with a hat on and be fine. We saw David Moyes ride the subway in New York, like in one person recognized him. I mean that's David Moyes, which is a, a pretty deep cut, but not like no. You know, you know what though? I would recognize David Moyes in public, and if I saw David Moyes on the subway, I'd be like, "Why is David Moyes on the subway?" and would not approach him. No, I would have nothing to say to David Moyes. <laughs> like not a sick. I could not think of one interesting thing to say to David Moyes. Hey, remember that time you you managed hey, that t- team? T- Tim Howard. Hey, hey. Uh, remember when people thought that you were a good coach? Merlin hey, he Lonnie. He's I will not stand now. for David Moyes slander. He's they come back Europa around. Conference League champions. He's come back around now. Yeah, he's back. Oh, is he good now? I, I can't keep track. I can't keep track of who's good and almost good and almost bad, but kind of bad. Yeah, he's all, all those, those things at once. All right. Um. Well, let's just roll into. I guess we got a nice, easy segue here for one of our teams this week, which is uh, Internazionale Miami. Um, they are a terrible soccer team at this moment in time. Um, many, many people would say the worst, but things are changing in Miami and in ways that I think are very difficult to predict. And so my question, uh, for you, like how many Major League Soccer games are there left? Like 12? 10? 12 for Miami. 12 for Miami. I'm looking at the table here. Let's say Miami just pops off and gets, what, 36 points? Even that. Well, then they'd have like... 54 and we'll definitely make the playoffs or something like that. Okay. Well, how many teams are the playoffs now? Nine? Nine, yeah. So right now, DC po- is, yeah, it's like 12 points. 30. So they've got to get 12 more points than every team ahead of them in 12 games. So like, I have a, I have a rough rule of thumb that I have no idea where I came up with this, but it's broadly uh-huh. true, is that you can make up one point a game like that's when I say the title race is over is like, if you are 10 points clear with 10 games left, you're catchable. But if you're 10 points left with nine games left, you're probably not. It's quite unlikely to make up that much time. So they are right on the precipice, 12 games, 12 points. I'm going to lean no, because I don't. It's going to take a minute to get it all kind of situated, right? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I guess maybe like Busquets is there and Jordi Alba's there and they're going to be awesome. But like they have not been a team that's going to make up 12 points in 12 games on anyone unless that team has fewer points than them. Even if you with those guys, like a vast majority of the players on your team are not super good still. Unless they yeah. Messi can turn Joseph Martinez like back in time three or four years or that's top scorer Joseph Martinez with six goals by the way. Well, and that's assuming that Joseph Martinez doesn't get traded to the LA Galaxy. Yeah, that is assuming that. Is so, it? is that I a mean, thing that's happening? Uh, there's there's all sorts of crazy rumors, but I think that it's rooted in some sort of sanity, and I kind of wanted to bring that up before we dive too much into this team melding because. I think that this team is still in flux. I kind of wonder how much this team can stay together and how much this team is still moving. Jordi Alba hasn't been officially declared. Sergio Busquets has kind of been like acknowledged, but I feel like he's official today. He's official. Yeah. With with Alvaro Arbeloa's picture. Oh God. Okay. Yep. That was, that was a low point for us. And, 
you know, not unexpected. Um, I mean, we th- we had thought that Robinson was 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 gone, and he's now starting games and actually been pretty decent. I thought he got waived. I don't remember I, where I read that, but no, I guess they it was on back. Twitter. It was on Twitter. Yeah. Wait, who did who got waived? Robbie Robinson. Robbie Robinson. Did they? Nice. I don't remember that. Now he's back. Nice. We found I, it. I I think there was yeah. rumors that he was going to be waived, that oh, he was, was being going to be let go. I it never like the team never announced it. I went through and I looked at all their stuff when he's when when we kind of mentioned. I know we were passing notes back and forth when he started a few weeks ago, and I mm-hmm. had to try to find it. But I, man, I don't know. This team just feels like it's still in flux. I think they still have to figure out how uh, how this is all going to work going forward with financials. I Jordi Alba is still not official. I think they're going to have to move some cap space to make it all work. I really do. Well, they've bought out Pizarro, except they didn't buy him out. Somehow he just agreed to take no money to leave. Yeah, but we, do we know that he took no money? Because all we know... Well, that's like, what a mutual... like. Otherwise, it'd be a buyout, right? No, well, so... so Blogart, Tom said it's not... It's not the one-time buyout, which is where uh-huh. you get total cap relief for the remainder of their salary... But you pay all of this out. Yeah. Um, however, you can agree a buyout of less than all of the salary. Um, and you would only be on the hit for whatever that number is. It's a good point. So I don't know what that... Because you could say, say a player makes $1.5 million. They're a DP for half the year. So their cap hit is like three hundred and twelve grand. You could say, hey, we'll pay you three hundred grand to go away and sign in Mexico tomorrow. And then his cap hit for the year would still be six hundred grand, but you would have the DP slot open for half the year. Why would a player do that, though? Um, so, like, you could imagine a scenario where they're so unhappy and Miami are saying, if you don't do this, we're going to trade you to Colorado and you have no say if we trade you to Colorado. That's a good point. <laughs> That's one I see. Or it's just like, Hey, this sucks. I've already made many millions of dollars. I'm going to get paid millions of dollars in Mexico and I can sign for whoever I want tomorrow instead of being made to train with the reserve team for six months or whatever. Well okay. That's the only that's the only thing I can see. Yeah. I guess so in terms that. of can they do it and all the like moving cap space and stuff, I like I still think that this year is just gonna be the best in friend circus and they're not like it doesn't really matter if they win this year. It's just going to be maximizing ticket revenue or something vaguely like that. Yeah. The interesting thing is that they go into next year because they only have two DPS, and even for this summer, if they wanted to, they can use all their U twenty two slots, which are not, which are very cap friendly, because mm-hmm. they're only two hundred grand a piece, and you can go spend I don't know four million dollars on them or whatever. And that's apparently the rumor that Tata wants all these South American players as U22. So that's always an option. But then you go into next year, like you've got all these injured players coming back and Mata and Gregor, Gregory or whatever it is, all coming back. Maybe that's when you go for it. And like you can get Busquets and Alba on one year older, less salary deals again, if you want to do that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I think for this year, I just think they're too far. Um, yeah, and you don't want to get rid of Grigor because he's really good. Same with Monta uh, and Franco Negri, and like they have with everybody yeah. fit, they have like a real team. Yeah, it's just kind of been yeah, and I want to be clear, like while we are kind of mocking Miami for being the worst team, they have undergone some very unfortunate things this year. Um, it's yeah, a little hard injury- to be sad for them at this moment. They're injuryless, but yeah, it's been. Uh, not smooth sailing as far as the health front goes. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's like, I almost like it this way just because it'll be interesting to see. Um, and that makes sense, Karen, that, that, yeah, it's, it's not about winning this year. It's about just, you know, the circus, you know, they're going to be the most talked about team in the league. They're going to be one of the most talked about teams on the planet for a little while. And, you know, Maybe next year, 
you know, you, you're not going to like, there's really nothing you could do probably to save this team this year and to like make them a postseason contender. Like, I don't know what else they could do uh, unless you're getting like, I don't you, I think, I think Jordy Alba is a really good step in the right direction along with Messi. And the reason for that is I think that he's going to bring a lot of defensive stability to that back line that they really need. Um, they're not, a, they need, the attack. They absolutely need the attack. Like, don't get me wrong whatsoever, but they are in, they are in the back half uh, and, and very close to being one of the worst defensive teams, according to goals added against um, on the, on the side. So I think that adding him also helps solidify, you know, a, a position of need. I really do. I don't think that it's just strictly about Messi and friends. I think he's going to have a role to play. Yeah, the most, the best, according to our goals added here at ASA, they have, uh, you know, uh, Mota is, is obviously, you know, the best so far. And then the second best is Matt Me, or sorry, the second best is uh, Robbie Robinson at 0.67 goals added, and he's played 206 minutes. So that's where they're at right now. Um, it's not ideal. It's not an ideal situation, but gosh, maybe Robbie Robinson just needs a lot more minutes. She could say healthy. I like I th- that. Guy. I think pe- I think people have like liked him historically. Yeah. No, he's he's good. He just he's like never, never plays. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's never, never healthy. On the field. Yeah. He's never healthy I think when that's, he plays. He's great. Yeah, I think that's always been our th- our theme is that if he could stay healthy, he would be a a, a solid starter for them um, yeah. the last few years, but he just yeah, he just can't for whatever just reason. Do it. So, uh one more thing I think before we leave Miami and move on. We were talking about both Miami and Montreal today. So this is a good time to go back and revisit the ASA show way back machine. We had, we were very critical about that uh, infamous confusing trade with Kamal Miller and Bryce Duke and Ariel Lassiter and money. I can't remember which way it even went at this point, but uh, yeah. So um, has, has hindsight given us any wisdom on this? Do, do we have any new takes about that trade? Not really. Like uh, Miami got a pretty good price for Bryce Duke, who G plus hates with a passion. I think he's yeah. the worst player per ninety six. <laughs> Just not an on the ball guy, no. Uh, and Kamal Miller's been like kind of not great, but some of that is the team and not him. Yeah, uh, gonna still call it a win. G plus still likes him over the court since June first. Like he's still in the positive. You know, yeah. for, from that. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. And not only that, but like Ariel Laster has been pretty solid for uh, for for Montreal he, as a wing back. As a wing back, uh, surprisingly, right? Well, you yeah. called it right. That was you your, called that one. That yeah, your take. So, um, yeah, I, I I've liked him so far. I, he's not like you know. I I know I made a lot of crazy uh, assertions that he's he was the, the 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 really the gem in all this. But I mean, real realistically, like him and Bryce Duke are are nice little uh, like depth pieces, and that's probably about it. Um, I do have a question for you guys, and I don't mean to prolong this, but why? The narrative around Bryce Duke has been like, because he's had some really good moments on the field. How is the narrative so different around Bryce Duke compared to G plus? Like, what are we seeing with our eyes and over? Like, what are people overrating? Because I've dropped it a couple times in ASA. Like these big moments where he scores a goal, uh, he had an assist, and like people are just absolutely like. And that's it. That, that's why. Like, they just, they narrative is just, he's scored some goals and gotten some assists. <laughs> Montreal, does, Montreal doesn't have anybody that's doing that on the regular. So we're overrating the, 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 the fact that he's the one that's doing that. So I think there's like a couple things to it. So I'll say like the first part of it is, I think his role versus what position Optic call him are not the same thing. Yeah. Like he is very often listed as an attacking midfielder in a 3-4-3 because that is where he plays. But if we think about that, that was also Georgie's role and Georgie interpreted it very differently. Like Georgie was getting into the box and creating shots around the box. Bryce Duke is yeah. like a midfielder playing there. He's dropping deeper. At the same time, like he isn't giving you much at all. Like, as much as we're like, oh, he scored some assists, like, 
He's got two goals and he's got one assist. He is first percentile uh, for for non-penalty XG. He is second percentile for shots. He is fourth percentile for non-penalty expected goals and expected assists. He's 65th percentile among wingers for progressive passes, which looks good. But then if you're like, well, he's actually a midfielder, he's below average. He turns the ball over a lot. He has very high dispossessions and miscontrols, which are just like totally lost value. So like, I think this is one where he's 22 who cares about the downside. Montreal aren't good right now. Um, yeah. And if in like two years he was like good, I'd believe you. Cause like you look at someone like, for example, Pedro Vite, like I think G plus quite likes Pedro Vite this year after thinking he stunk the last two years mm-hmm. um, or the last year. And that's like progress for young players. That is what it is. Um, like I wouldn't be, I would be worried because we paid a lot of money and I don't think we should have paid a lot of money if I was a Montreal fan, but I'm not worried about like, what does he look like at 26? Yeah. Yeah. That Pedro Vite uh, reference is a, that's, that's a good one. I love that. Yeah. 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 Little Pedro Vite. Um, Yeah. Well, let's move on uh, from Miami. I mean, I think that there's not a lot else we can really add to the discourse right now just because it's, it's all about to be very weird and very different. And we got no idea what that's going to look like here in a week. So uh, let's go to the other side of this. We'll just kind of fold into Montreal. Um, Montreal has been, um, I think maybe a little bit better than they were when we first talked about them with regards to this trade. Um, You know, not, not a great team. Uh, definitely a team that's that's had some injury issues as well. Um, just you know, traded for a Poku. Just traded for a Poku. That seems that paid some immediate dividends there. That's always fun, right? Um, they're just they're always involved in some weird trades. Montreal likes to just get in there with some trades. Um, Mon- Montreal, Montreal have very Montreal strategy from a player recruitment perspective has been. Bring people that are interesting to Bologna is one mm-hmm. because of the um, Saputo <laughs> yes. connection. And the other has been go get MLS guys that are about to hit their second contract that their mm-hmm. team doesn't want to pay. Yeah. Like that's what they did with Georgie. Yeah. That's what they did with Mason Toy. That's what they're doing yeah. with Bryce Duke. That's what they're doing with Quadro Poku. That's what they did with Aaron Herrera. That's their like MO is like, hey, we'll go give you 500K in allocation money and we'll pay him 750 because you don't want to. Um, yeah. It's not the it's worst. Like, if you identify the right ones, I think it's a strategy that hits. Like I think if you look historically at the guys who kind of fall into that category, you look at like guys like Mark Anthony K, you look at um, the guy that you really hate, Harrison, he's an American national team midfielder, Kellen Acosta. <laughs> um, uh, Jibo, Eric Williamson, like there's other guys in that arena that they could have made better choices with, but the, like you hit on Georgie one time and the strategy's worth it. Yeah, like oh, even yeah, though it's... the other ones haven't really worked out, it's all worth it because the one hit. And I think Apoku's going to hit too. Yeah, I would yeah, agree I mean, with that's, that. That's kind of. I mean, you know, can he unlock Bryce Duke? Uh, <laughs> The, <laughs> uh, you know, Montreal is just like a very, like, they're just so like, it's it's ta- like the defense is fine, like it's fine, it's not amazing, but it's it's fine. Um, you know, they're so like, they they just like they 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 shoot a lot from outside the box, they defend well, um. I, they're just not a very exciting team right now. And I don't know that there is, they still feel like they're like several players away from being like, um, interesting. Can I say interesting? Interesting is going to be like a key word here today. Cause a lot of the teams we have are not very interesting right now. Uh, but like Hero's getting old, and he's having injury problems. You know, you've still got guys like um, 
Camacho is playing like tons of minutes and, you know, Herrera is an exciting talent and like, like Waterman and like, yeah, one Yama's old, like Lassie, like these are just kind of like, I don't know. It, it does kind of feel like it's just a way station between here and Bologna in a way. And it, it I, I don't like that. That's, that's kind of something that's never really appealed to me about them. So I do think like, I don't think they're good now, but the counterpoint that I would give is they weren't good when Nancy took over either. Mm-hmm. And Nancy developed players into being good players. And then the team was good yeah. with some, with some additions and some sales and trades and whatever. Like if you look at their like top, I don't know, 10 guys by minutes played, it's like 22 Then you have 32, 32, 27 but then 24, 23, 26, 23, 22, 22. Yeah. And then behind that, the next 10 guys, 22, 18, 21, 21, 24, 24. It's like right. they're very young. So it's like, okay, can you maintain, can you keep these guys on your team as they get better and get older? Um, like even like George Campbell. Like George Campbell's only played a thousand minutes and it's like, okay, maybe he's an interesting center back as he grows up from 22 like people at atlanta liked him and thought he was good he's been his passing numbers and his progressive numbers are actually crazy now that i'm looking yeah. at it. all those little things are like okay well what does he look like at 24 is he miles robinson light okay well that's a much better team is what's nathan saliba what's rita yeah, zuhir yeah. um, in usl like what is Schwanier, who people really like as a wingback and think should have gone to the Gold Cup, which is, and I think is like going to the All-Star game, which I'm kind of confused about, but that's besides the point. It's like there's room for them to grow, and there's not a ton of pressure for success now there. Um, and on the flip side, they, they have gotten killed on injury, like Marko Miljevich, they expected to play huge minutes this year, and he's played 106 mm-hmm. yep. because he blew his knee out. So we'll see is the short version of it. Yeah, very much a team kind of. um, Yeah, just uh, still in flux, still in flux, still in in transition, the long, long rebuilding transition phase of Montreal. What I I will say, though, is like, at least if you're in this place, like if you look at Columbus, for example, Mm -hmm. like Columbus are much better than them because they have a much better coach, I think. Though, like as much as he's a terrible (laughs) guy, Losada has done a pretty decent job considering the talent on this group. That's kind of separate to the point. Mm-hmm. You'd much rather be young and where you are than like DC who are like old and still suck. Yeah. So at least a here you can like talk yourself into like, Oh, I like Bryce Duke in two years. He won't be the worst G plus player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Harrison, do you have any, any Montreal thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, but they're pretty much the same as <laughs> pretty much everything that was already said, right? Like, so um, I, I would say uh, Sanusi Ibrahim uh, is somebody that I would look at. He's another young guy that is developing. Uh, I feel like this team does have exactly kind of what uh, what Kieran was just saying, has a lot of really interesting players that just aren't there. They're one year, two years away. The problem is, again, what Kieran said is, half those players just end up getting shuttled off to Bologna or to some other team. And it's just, it's a little bit frustrating. It's a little bit sad and it's a little bit disappointing because you don't get to really see their fruition or they come back and they play for another team in MLS after they, uh, you know, don't necessarily uh, catch on to a team in Syria. Um, so yeah, I agree that this is a team that could have some upward progression. I think that DC United is one like waking up out of bed wrong uh, day from uh, from Montreal catching up to them. They only uh, Montreal has a game in hand. Uh, I I think I think at this stage, DC yeah is the better team, but I also think that Montreal has way better player pro- progression and potential uh, going forward the next two years. So. Uh, I think Montreal next year could easily be in the in the upper third um, with a couple players moving forward and getting players that aren't injured, uh, I think would be huge. And maybe not selling off your best center back, um, you know, little things like that. 
Yeah, eventually they kind of have to decide, you know, if we're going to we're going to keep some of these guys. We're going to be like a keeping club and we're going to be a building club. They're they're not. And and that's okay. You don't have to keep every player that's going to be good. You don't. Um, Kind of what Kieran said, going after those guys that are in their second year contract and and laying down some veterans that are going to be there three, four years and kind of overpaying for some of that isn't a bad strategy necessarily. Um, even if you're not going to sell them off, you know, if Bryce Duke actually was good for three, four years, and I don't mean like good as in game changing. I mean, good as in um, he Samuel Petit, right? Uh, uh, part two Boogaloo. Um, Samuel Petit. Yeah. But Samuel Piet, Petit's not Piet, bad. Piet, Piet, Sam Piet. Piet. Sam Piet. The, little, the little Frenchman. That's so funny. That's like but, but like, if that's what Bryce Duke ends, ends up being, but if that's what he ends up being for two years or for three years, that's not bad. Okay, you're not overpaying for him at that point in time. He's, he's fine. And if that's how you're going to do it and you're going to shuttle off players in between, like, whatever, man. Like, you, yeah, you're never going to win your league. You're never going to win the Eastern Conference. You take your chances at, like, just a crapshoot that is the MLS Cup playoffs and maybe you win a cup here in the next 10 years, 20 years, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to be great. You can be good and still get to the playoffs. And I think that's probably what they're what they're going to be at least in the next few years, unless something happens and they get sold off. But I no, think Sam, that's kind of what their aim is. Sam Piet, like Sam Piet has played like 200 MLS games in six years. Like he's not a scrub. No. Um, we forget about it, him all the time, though. Yeah, because he's like he's just like a defensive midfielder who wears black boots and tucks in his shirt and doesn't do anything. But yes, <laughs> I have a, like a weirdly soft spot for Sammy Piet. I like, like Sammy. I, I don't know what, Yeah, I don't know why he's just like a very like <laughs> just Sam Petit, useful, a little, a little petite boy, a little a little like. But he he's he is small in 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 height, but he is he is uh, yeah, he's, he's substantial. He's, he's he's a, a substantial man. Yeah. Uh, so- I will say this though, like the one, the one thing that I always get like kind of hung up on Montreal that's kind of weird is like, when is Montreal are never going to be a, a big spending team, right? Like they're just like Saputo is just not going to have a forty million dollar payroll or whatever. Yeah. But when you look at the league and you look at the progress in the league and you look like okay, Messi's going to come on in this crazy deal, like in the rest of the world, they just sold three players for twenty million dollars they would be spending a significant chunk of that to retool their team or to at least go buy five to seven young players for a million here, a million and a half here, whatever, two million here to go do all that. But here it's like, no, those three sales, you get a million a piece in GAM and that's it. The rest you can keep, you can improve your training ground, you can use it for DP wages only, which is like a hard a weird thing to do because then you're looking at free transfers which like doesn't necessarily always work i don't know it's like a weird one where if teams are selling and making all this money and like dallas are the same at some point i feel like maybe we have to take the handcuffs on that and be like "Mm, maybe we just put the salary cap at like as like allowable losses for a year i don't know i don't know what the solution is but that's a good point though like they have sold some players for like and you're right. In any like other 20, like twenty two million dollars yeah. worth of sales in one window. Like, in any other context, like that's a very good way to run it. Like that's a well run team. <laughs> like yeah, you're bringing in players it, and making profits. Like if, in Portugal, yeah. If you sold twenty five million dollars worth of players, twenty two million dollars worth of players, you would go out. You would spend fifteen of it on buying five replacements for the three players you sold because two of them won't work out. And you would keep 10 to pay wages and keep the lights on. While staying in the upper half of the table. Yeah, whatever. Again, like I understand nobody in MLS has to really worry about the lights going out at their training ground. But I feel like money you bring in, maybe we need to take, we need to let teams use it a little bit more. At least on sales. I don't know. It's different for like commercial deals and tv and like because the galaxy right. used to kill people with their local tv deal like that's not really fair but yeah i don't know i don't know what the solution is well remember ignacio piatti love that guy i hated that guy he was so love good that guy he was so good 
Um, our last team today, and I don't know. I, I don't even know what I want to say about this team, but Colorado. They're boring. Rapids, they are saying. maybe the most boring team. I think they have more nil-nils than the rest of the league combined this year. They're bad. Which that, can't be feel like... that can't be possible, but they're it's boring. But it's not even that. I feel like I have like I want to go Costanza on all of them. I got a lot of problems with you people, because like they're supposed to in some way mimic our ideals. The people that they've hired, the people that are running that club, are in a lot of ways very similar, similarly thinking as us, and they go about their way in the most mundane, they the most boring execution. We don't talk about them because they don't do things that are interesting. They don't try things that are different. They don't do anything. Like, all their acquisitions are like, oh, Gutterman, huh? I mean, it's not like you didn't have three under 22, uh, you know, fullbacks that were putting up, you know, positive X, you know, G+. That's fine. Just go spend that money. Cool. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm constantly disappointed with Colorado because they're not trying to they're, they're supposed to think like what we do there's so many different good <laughs> smart players and I don't say think like we do like they have to do what the ASA brain trust and I'm using air quotes here does, thinks that they should but for crying out loud like at least do something that looks like I feel like we should be able to brag about them once a year or say hey that's exactly what you should be doing and I don't understand because half the time they seem to like swerve when we think that they shouldn't. I don't understand. I don't understand how they run their team the way that they do. I don't get it. And I feel like in some vein, I should. They're very interesting because they seem to do like we were talking about Miami picking up those like second contract guys and like, Colorado kind of do a similar thing, but they just kind of hold on to them. Like, for, and then three, tr- for three yeah. seasons, I have been saying, Colorado have too many first-team players. I wonder who they are going to trade away. And for three seasons, they have traded none of them away. They well, add they more of, players. They got rid of Kay. They had a cost of but, but they take but they take But they take Preso back, who is like yeah. not that far off and needs real minutes. Yeah. And, like, you look at that, like, Gutman is another one. It's just like, okay, that was, like, a decent player. But, like, did they need no, him? Good, but good, it just... No, good, Gutman's good. He was, like, the best fullback by G-plus in the league, I think. Yeah, he's good. And, like, is that something that Colorado needed? Does that make Colorado... No, it's not. Yeah, no, no, I think they did need a left back. Like, they were playing, um, what's his name? Uh, Samuel Nicholson. Yeah, Sam Nicholson was has like fifty. How do you still left. have Sam Nicholson? It's twenty twenty three. How is that think, dude still anywhere in Major League Soccer? I think he left. He went to go play in like League Two and then came back. Uh, Sam Nicholson. Come but no, this, this this is what I'm saying. We're like, I but like, look like they lo- got. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I I like a lot of the like younger players they have, but then they have so many players that I'm like. Why are you still playing him? Like, why is Michael Berrios playing minutes for you when you have Darren Yappy? Yeah. Why did you go get Kevin Cabral on a DP deal when he was, like, fine for LA, but you didn't even do anything? Like, you paid money to take him. It's not like it was a salary dump in the NBA and you're, like, getting a draft pick or whatever. Okay, let me... I, I don't know. Let me say some names here. And, like... All of these guys were like well thought of MLS prospect kind of guys. Keegan Rosenberry, Diego Rubio, uh, even Barrios to a degree, um, Jonathan Lewis, uh, like Abubakar. Uh, they brought in Acosta. They brought in uh, K for a while. Like, and they all just went there and they didn't actually ever go like, I don't know. Like it, it just didn't work. Like, how did they manage that? Like, those were all like players on the up that we all kind of thought like these are going to be a future kind of guy, and they all made sense in a way. We're like, oh, that's a good pickup for Colorado. But now it just feels like you just send players to Colorado when you just don't want them anymore, and then they just and like Gutman's another one, and like 
for the reason, like if you don't want to pay them or you don't want to like, or you're trying to make room for something else, or you, you just need allocation money, like you just know Colorado is going to be like, yeah, we'll take that guy. I don't care. It's really strange to me that it's just worked out so, so poorly. The Rapids have played 30 players this season. 3-0, and only one of them is younger than 20. Like, it's not like they're playing Rapids Academy kids. Yeah. Cool bats and also, wing. also, the youngest player they played who isn't younger than 20, so the youngest 20-year-old, they don't even own. It's Danny Leva. So, like... I just, I, I'm just so confused by what the plan is because at some point you should just be cashing in on these guys. Like, I don't know. You look at Jonathan Lewis and like Jonathan Lewis has a thousand minutes played. He plays 50% of your minutes. Like he does every single season. He doesn't really do anything for you. He's not super highly paid. He is like way behind his XG. Like he is every other season. At what point do you just like not give up? But at what point do you do you like move him for stuff and be like somebody else will figure it out? Because we would rather play Yappy more minutes, or we would rather play Max more minutes, or we would rather play Agreed. Whatever, whoever, Calvin Harris that they traded for last year again. Like I just don't, I don't get it. I understand they had like needs at center back. Bombito is sick. He's so good. I can't wait for him to play more. Um, even though he's Marlon Vargas. They have Marlon Vargas. He was like the best player in MLS Next last year. Like, I just don't... 17 minutes. Nice. Yeah, like, I just don't... I don't get it. I also don't, like... I, I don't know. Connor Ronan's good. That's a nice one that they picked up this year. But again, they picked him up because Mac, uh, Jack Price is going to be out. And, like, Jack Price is another 30-year-old that you have to decide what you're going to do with. Brian Acosta, what are you going to do? He's 30. Keegan Rosenberry, it's about 10 30. What are you going to do? William Yarbrough, 34. Is that your long term goalkeeper plan? I don't know. And you can't add because you already have like nine other goalkeepers and nine other center backs and nine other midfielders. It's just there's so many players. I wonder if they're just going to have a glut one year where they release like seven players from the squad, like actual players, not even just like end of bench guys. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wish there was more to say about this team, but there just there doesn't feel like I just feel like they're playing a different game than everybody else, and it's not a particularly interesting one. Like, I, I it's will... the it's like they got the they got the checkers out or whatever while people are playing chess. Like, I, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I feel like we haven't even talked about the on-field thing where they're like. This for the second year in a row, they have like a firmly mid table expected goal difference, but they're like 15 goals behind their, yeah, their sign Kevin Cabral. What could happen there? Like, but it was like that last year too with no Cabral. Yeah, it's, and I don't, I don't know, I don't actually know what end it's on. It's both ends, it's all the ends. Get ready to start again, mm-hmm. start again, trade everybody, think, start again. Let I the think nerds should be really good as like an impact sub somewhere on like a really good team. Agreed. This is what I'm saying, though. Like, these are players where, like, I don't know how much money Barrios is making. They're starting. It's, pro- like, it's yeah, probably too big a number. Yeah, like an guy, like at LAFC or something, and it'd just be like a nightmare when he comes on in, like, the 78th minute and just runs at you. So, okay, Michael Barrios makes 650 grand. His contract is up in December. You're telling me that you can't go to a contender this year and be like, hey, We'll trade you Barrios and and we'll give you the three hundred and twenty five gan to cover his salary, and we're gonna rinse you for your best kids. Yeah. Or here he is. We're gonna rinse you for all of your picks for the next twenty five years or whatever. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like they, they can use these players as assets given where they are. And I realize this is not talking about soccer, and now we're playing like asset manager, which is not super fun to talk about. But I do think this is the reality of where MLS is going. Is like there are teams who are good at using their rosters appropriately, and they maximize every like drop of juice to make good teams. Yeah, and there are teams who are not, and that as long as that is the case, there will be haves and have-nots, even with a salary cap. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, for a long time, this team has just been kind of like the poster child of. 
in action. Like whenever we talk about, oh, you know, we, you know, we'd love to up the salary cap, but then you got like Colorado and you know, they're never going to like invest in the team or whatever. And I don't know. And like, I've been to Colorado. I've been to the stadium. I've been to their tailgates. Like their fans are cool. Like it's a cool place to go watch soccer. It's a cool town. Like it deserves a lot better than it's gotten. And I don't know. The Colorado Rapids just make me sad. And this year I, they make me feel nothing. All right. I have a question. Sure. So a few years ago, we were all about the Frazier. Yeah. That's true. Is he mismanaging uh, this? What do we, what do we, how do you come down on this? And how do you decide that he's still the one at the end of the season? That's a good question. It's hard for me to look at the roster and be like, they Agreed. should be, they should be much better than zero expected goal difference, which they have been two years in a row. It's hard for me to look at it and say they should be much better than that. But I also, like I look at the team that two years ago or three years ago came first, which was also Robin Fraser. Mm-hmm. And I squint and I'm like, well, what happened? And normally when you see coaches who are like, it's the same roster and all of a sudden they get bad, you either have aging effects, which I don't think is them. Like I do think losing Jack Price hurts. And I do yeah. think there's like, Good player, Jack Price. I mean, for, yeah, and they've you know. they've gotten worse at center back over the years, and like if you go back and look at the twenty twenty one team, like okay, maybe they ran a little bit hot. They lose Austin Trusty from there. Like okay, fine, all those things are real. They lose Kellen Acosta, LFC, whatever. But I still think like you look at those and it's like okay, is the coach maybe just like not the most fun guy to work with? Like, I've heard from a few people that him and Mark Anthony K did not get on it at all. Yeah. And to be fair, Mark Anthony K has not gone on so well at his subsequent stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now on a new stop. At a new stop Anthony with K. a coach that if he has not got on with the last two coaches, he's maybe not going to get on with the new one. Yeah. yeah. Signs are not promising there. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. Yeah. And, like, they've got, I mean, they've brought in, like, you're right. And, like, the credit where it's due, you know, like, they, they you know, Sam Vines, like, moved on. Like, I mean, you know, like, it, it's, like, they've done good in some ways, like, in that way. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not good. And it, it doesn't feel like it's one or two moves away from being better. It, it feels like just a whole house cleaning kind of thing needs to happen there at that club. And I, I don't know that there's... Uh, Shinya Shiki was another one that they just kind of like, and he's been fine. Yeah, just like he, thinking he about won, these guys that have been on this team, and it's just this weird. Like, <laughs> he, he won rookie of the year, and they dumped him for like nothing. I think. Yeah, I, like he went sad. to Charlotte for like. Well, he played a couple little. years. He played a couple years where he didn't just he didn't play at all after that. After he had a very successful, you know, start, and maybe there's, you know, some problems at the club. But it sounds like there's some problems in Charlotte. To, to, to be fair, it's it's not like Shinichiki is a like amazing prospect. Yeah. Or anything like that. No, but at the same time, when you have somebody that's been moderately successful, the fact that you just completely remove them from that element, and then. Well, the- Try to figure this... out why you can be successful and you go into the negative in that position when you know what you have. I mean, it just, it seems silly. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, I guess the, the flip side, if I'm going to be, like, stick to my earlier point, if you have to move these guys at some point and treat them like assets, is like he'd played 75 games for Colorado and he'd scored 15 goals and he played quite a bit and you got 250 game for him. And it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't want to. I don't want to pay his next deal, and we've seen his next deal, and his next deal sucks. It's one of the worst contracts in the league. Yeah, and like he, fair. that rookie of the year. My recollection of that was like there were not That's a lot of strong a really contenders. bad class. Yeah, yeah, and like I think he mainly just got it because he just played a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Colorado do better, I guess. Sorry, Colorado fans. I, I'm maybe, sure you're with I don't us, know. They, maybe they dump all these players and they accrue enough gam from all these trades that like the rebuild is. Yeah. A rich rebuild. Like they can go Montreal and go buy guys on second contracts. We've seen them like we've seen this organization like pop and have a random like really good year before. Like it's not unheard of. 
Um, it just kind of depends on the way things go. And yeah, but right now it's just, it's a sad organization that's at one of its lower points, I think. All right, let's do, uh, let's do trivia. Okay. Uh, so if you are an ASA patron discord member, you may have seen that we have a new format that we're going to trial run for trivia. So instead Ooh. of the six questions and, and the guessing and the stealing and such, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you three players. Um, the, the overarching theme is that they have played for um, some of these teams, for these teams. Um, I'll give you four hints. We'll go one at a time. You can guess after each hint. Um, and whoever gets it first gets the point. I love it. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Okay. Okay. So player number one. Uh, this player is a product of the Nottingham Forest Academy and Derby County, and they began their MLS career as a 10th overall super draft pick. Any guesses? Hmm. 10th overall super draft. Read that again for us. Product of Nottingham Forest and Derby County, 10th overall super draft pick. No year given. Could be any year. Could be any Man, that, year. The Derby County one is what sticks out to me. There was a guy a couple years ago that was from Derby County. And oh, you're giving you're giving Ian clues. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I know who you're thinking about. And, and it's not him. It may or may not be him. I don't know, but I think I know oh. who you're thinking about. Um, okay, we're going to move on since there's no guest yep. firing. No, Number yeah, two. Uh this player won the 2019 U.S. Open Cup. They didn't play in the final because Frank DeBoer chose not to play them. Uh, and they played for three different MLS teams from 2018 to 2022. So 10th overall pick, won a U.S. Open Cup with Frank DeBoer, and they played for three different MLS teams in four years. Bit of a journeyman, as they would say. Anybody want to fire one off? Mm. There's no penalty to guessing here. There's no penalty to guessing wrong except looking foolish. Uh, I'm, I'm, may I? You should fire. Yeah. Yeah. Go uh, for it. Would it be Darlington Nagby? It's not Darlington Nagby. <laughs> I just can't see how. Yeah. Okay. Um, boy, I. I try to like what were those weird like Englishy Atlanta dudes like uh what's his face? Um he is indeed what's his face. That is Oh, it's uh is it Mo Adams? It is indeed Mo Oh, Adams. that was a yeah. good good one. Nice it is indeed nicely Mo done. Drafted by the Chicago Fire, diminutive defensive midfielder ended his MLS career with Inter Miami before following the money to Riyadh and Al Shabab. Sharing a surname with the USMNT midfielder, this player took one shot or fewer in five out of his six seasons. Yeah. Good old um, Mo Adams. That Mo was a Adams. guy. Yeah, very was... surprised to see he was in the Saudi Pro League. Alrighty, one yeah. nil to the fighting Ian Lamerson's player number two. Uh, he is the son of an MLB player with this exact same name. He's a junior. Uh, and he was the first overall pick in the 2006 Super Draft. Any guesses? I can't remember where I was in 2006, let alone the 2006 overall. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to be able to pull that at all. I was 11 years old. Uh, An MLS Cup winner with the Colorado Rapids. He won at the stadium of one of his former teams. So he played for Dallas. Uh... No, it was... Where was 2010? I'm not going to remember that. It was 2010, right? I think I, yeah. I cannot I confirm the year for you. I think okay. it was 2009, not 2010, but I'm not yeah. sure that. I do not know. Okay, no guesses? And nobody wants to throw up, up fire one out from that Rapids team? Uh, if I could if I could remember a single player from that Rapids team. <laughs> okay, I will, I will move on. This uh, player is... I, it, it, Is it Connor Casey? No. He was on that team, though. He was, I believe, on that team. Most notably known for his pace, this player was a career MLS starter at fullback and center back before retiring due to heart problems in 2018. Oh, Marvell Wynn. 
It is indeed Marvel win. Oh, I liked Marvel win, man. Yeah, I liked Marvel win a lot. a lot. While searching up interesting things to say about Marvel win for this question, I found a podcast of him talking about playing against Ronaldo when Ronaldo came to play TFC in a friendly, and he he just kept saying, "Oh, he posterized me, man," and it was, <laughs> and it was so funny. Because there's a video that was linked to it, and it's Ronaldo just doing stepovers like for no reason, and Marvel Wynn falls over. <laughs> it was pretty great. He was so like, um, yeah, he was a guy I really liked because of uh, video games. Like he was like a, um, he was he was, oh yeah, he was he was phenomenal in uh, in, in in FIFA, right? Yeah, FIFA. And he had FM, like, like he always like I bought him like in those those FMs back in that time, yeah. and like he mm-hmm. was just like yes, like just so fast, so good. Yeah, I like Marvel win. My crowning achievement in FIFA is that before there were like divisions and all this stuff, you could just play single matches against other people, and I had a bronze MLS team with Marvel win in it, and Eric Avila, if you remember, was like the best yeah. player as a ten. And I went 214 games unbeaten. That's quite impressive. <laughs> that, was, that was my crowning <laughs> achievement with a bronze MLS team. Not bad at all. Uh, okay, player number three, purely for pride. Spanning a 14-year MLS career, this player signed for the league out of Project 40, beginning his career with DC United. Ooh. So we've got to go way back. We've got three different eras today. Project 40. Who played Project 40? Project 40, that was like early 2000s. Yeah, like that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I could pull uh, anybody yeah, I don't that think club. so either. Never a prolific scorer. He never had more than three goals in any MLS season. He did, however, rack up eight assists on three separate occasions, the exact same as the number of USA caps he has. So eight USMNT caps and eight assists in MLS three separate times. Pretty decent, this player. Oh, my God. I have somebody on the tip of my tongue, but I don't think. Fire it off, Harrison. I need some guesses from you. I, I, there's no risk here. Oh, man, I don't. Uh... Uh, those early DC teams, I'm so bad with them. I'm so bad with who was all on. I like they were great teams, but I'm so bad with who was all playing on them. Okay, moving on. Left unprotected by the union in the 2011 expansion draft, this player went on to win two Player of the Tournament awards in the Canadian Championship. One of only two players to ever win the award twice. Yeah, the other one is D Row. Okay. This is a huge remember this guy, but Philadelphia, Canada. I couldn't tell you if he was in Project 40 or not, but I'm going to say he was around that time. Is it Justin Mapp? It is indeed Justin Mapp. Damn it. Are you serious? It Justin is Mapp. That's a, that's a that's... deep cut. I used to make. I've got like a special place in my heart for Justin Mapp. Uh, yeah. Because like he was a very. I remember him playing in like the the um, Copa America that one year where like yep. US sent a team down to I think yep. it was Argentina. He did play and, in the tournament. Yeah, and I remember just being at the Georgian Dragon in Seattle and like everybody in that room just being like, Who the is Justin Matt? And <laughs> like And he's got his started- long ass hair. We just started calling him like my my friend from high school, Justin Matt. And so like anytime we I just for a long time with my friends that was always a reference we'd make. It's like, oh, you remember our friend from high school, Justin Mapp? Uh, none of us know Justin Mapp, but just he just seemed like just a dude, like just the ultimate a dude that was in. But yeah, and then he went to um, Montreal, right? And he was yes, yeah. okay, he was really right? good with Montreal. He had some exceptional yeah. years. I want to say that he had two years where he was really close to leading the league in assists uh, out there on the wing. Um, Justin Mapp, yeah, he he made best eleven once. I think one of the years he was in DC. And then he had a couple like f- years where no, he, he had three. He played three games for DC United. I'm looking at it right now. I did not remember him being in DC United. I did remember him at Chicago. I did not remember him at all in DC. 
he had one he had, best 11 year early in his career and then he had two pretty decent years in Montreal but nothing crazy crazy with the and fire he was he was how many caps did you say he had eight 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 he's pretty good yeah. I mean you know, say caps he, for Justin Mapp. well the fourth hint was that he was the first ever free agency signing with SKC and this following I should have the winger I should have got that in 06. I forgot that he signed. I forgot he played for SKC. That's oh right. no! I, I I very I like he started off a series of SKC signing people via he, free agency and yeah, then he was not the playing. First them. ever one. He was the first ever one. Yeah, and then they do, but no one went to SKC and played after they signed in free agency. It was like Brad Evans. There was, was uh, yeah, that's right. Brad Evans did play for them, quote unquote, first season. Brad Evans, Justin Mapp, and then there was one other that bridged the bridged the time between them. Um, Kellen Rowe. There was somebody else. There's a couple oh. different people that SKC yeah, has Kellen signed Rowe. via That's via right. free agency that just never played for them. Kellen Rowe yeah. was, was stuck in the USL. They stuck him on their USL team, loaned him out. So, biz- so bizarre. Like- RSL for a little bit, and was he at Colorado for a half second? He might have been yeah, uh, RSL. RSL. This this is why I like this trivia format because it is instant guy remembering on every yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled up Maps' uh, Wikipedia article and uh, just an ultimate. Remember this guy? Chicago Fire acquired Justin Map for Demek Kovalenko. <laughs> but what? A guy. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, real dude there enjoy- from MLS. If you enjoy this format more than the other one, please tweet at me or I like it. me or whatever. We'll, I, yeah, we'll, I like we'll it. Bou- we'll bounce back and forth. Everyone's it style. combines like the remember this guy segment we were trying with doing with the trivia segment. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like that. Things fresh. All right. We've kept everybody here long enough talking about three pretty boring teams and some stuff about Lionel Messi. Um, but we have, uh, you know, we'll be back in a couple weeks to kind of uh, probably just talk about, you know, Messi and how all that's gone and league's cup, whatever that is. I'm still not entirely sure. Uh, hopefully that will be made clear um, over the next month or so. Uh, thank you all so very much for listening. Uh, thank you to my friends, my colleagues, Harrison Crow. You can find them on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find Kieran on Twitter at Kier Doyle. That's K I E R D O Y L E. Uh, if for some reason you want to follow me on Twitter, that's a handle for Ian. Uh, and please follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That is at Analysis Evolved. Uh, visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com. And uh, if you'd like to uh, support uh, American Soccer Analysis, which we'd appreciate uh, as we are constantly um, needing help to keep our service going as more and more people access it. I say this every time, but it, it never stops being true. A uh, great way to do that is uh, through our Patreon. We have one tier. It's $5 a month. Uh, that gets you access to our uh, patron-only Discord. Uh, where you can talk with uh, like-minded soccer fans, analytically-minded people, and, uh, you know, really cool stuff always going on in there. Uh, that is at uh, patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis, and that's a great way to support the show, a great way to support the website. Um, I really appreciate that. If you could give that a look. Uh, otherwise, we will see you in a couple weeks, and until then, enjoy League's Cup and Women's World Cup Soccer. Bye.